eat it. Eat the mic. I don't get it. Okay, let's do the Hi, I'm Fonda. I'm Paul, and this is I Don't Get It, a podcast about performance in Edmonton. Edmonton, Alberta, not Edmonton, Kentucky, or Edmonton, New Zealand, I believe. Is there really a New Zealand? I knew about Kentucky. Yeah, there's about four going oh. going around. And there was also a place in Ontario called, like, now it's called Snellsburg, but it used to be called Edmonton. Oh. That's a, that's a little... Snellsburg is an upgrade, isn't it? Yeah, they made a choice. <laughs> right. Well, there we go. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Um, what are we reviewing today, Paul? Well, we went and saw two things, Fonda, or uh, we went and saw collectively uh, two things. Together, we saw one thing, and then I went and saw a different thing. Um, together, we saw the Toy Guns show, uh, which is called Fortuitous Endings, What to Do When You Wake Up Drunk in a BBQ Cover in Your Neighbor's Backyard. <laughs> uh, always of the big name um, with that company. And then I went and saw uh, Mile Zero Dance's remix, uh, which was a cool uh, cool project pairing choreographers from across Canada, which we'll get into in a bit. Yeah, well, I guess we kind of have an interesting theme for the episode today because it's all pieces, um, not only not either that we've seen before or that you really got to see sort of twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's maybe start with... Uh, start with Toy Guns to start at that. As you say, um, this is a, a remount of a, a Toy Guns show uh, that they have done before. Um, and it was uh, bumping. Yeah, it's a, like Toy Guns has a really interesting, a very interesting style. They're, they're super narrative in their presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually a very, um, you know, kind of like high caliber physicality as well. Um, they, they love using the whole stage, dancing a lot. Um, and there's, and there's a lot of humor in their pieces as well. Right. If you've ever been to the fringe grounds and walked through, like suddenly found yourself surrounded by dancers, like stretching somewhere near the Westbury theater, it's probably toy guns. Or attacking people with pillows and walking around half naked, things like that. Also things they've done, um, to, to promote their shows. Um, yeah, so this one, um, one thing I think that seems as a, a continuous theme in a lot of the Toy Guns work we've seen uh, is that uh, Jake Hasty, uh, who, who creates the work, seems to focus on these little um, moments of um, like relationshipy connection. Mm-hmm. Um, not even like in a hugely overtly like this is this is exactly the story, but just like the moments of like holding a hand, jumping on someone, a look. Um, and then sometimes exaggerates those moments or surrounds them with almost like a surreal amount of of other things to to illustrate that that moment and mm-hmm. the feelings behind it. Yeah, or punctuates it with something like you know a, a machete slicing a watermelon in half. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he does really like to um, use these sort of vignettes or tableau images that are you know of course o- often very emotionally charged and strong. There's a lot of sexiness and a lot of um, I would say sexual tension, romantic tension. Sure. All, yeah. all of the pairings. So the piece had, I think, 12 performers in it. Yeah, a large number. And it's sort mm-hmm. of, um, there, there are two who almost serve like, um, almost like a narrator function, not in a direct, like, we're talking to the audience sort of way. 
but they're they're two who are who are older than the rest and sort of seem to be um, also going through these these moments of love, but seem as like little little benchmarks along the way, things they're doing and and doing together. Yeah, and there so there are actually ten ten performers because there mm. were five pairings, and they all kind of like the Tango Fire piece that we saw. They all kind of stuck to their pairings throughout. Um, one of the pairings that I'd like to point out was um, between Chris uh, Christine Lejack and Chris Bulla. Mm-hmm. Um, they were they were um, sort of the more mature couple in yeah. in the room, um, but also uh, were I guess what I would say more clown based. So their stuff was very. Um, more theatrical, less dancey, um, and and of course, really, really, they're both they're both very funny performers. Like they do know how to like just like make people laugh with the raise of an eyebrow, particularly Christine Lejack, who's fantastic. Yeah, there's a uh, yeah. So even the piece begins with um, them coming out, and uh, and Chris starts to um, fold or like bend a balloon and shape shape a balloon into something, and Christine starts folding paper. And event well, while the other sort of cast eventually sort of float on stage and sort of almost montagey, sort of like walking through and and then doing bits, mm-hmm. um, these little moments of dance or again connection or these little vignette feeling moments. Uh, and by the end, we have a, a, a balloon penguin and a little swan, I believe. Yeah, it's kind of like a paper crane sort of thing. So Christine was folding, doing some sort of origami paper bird type thing. And um, and yeah, Chris was making like a penguin, a balloon, which eventually gets destroyed with, with a knife. Both of them do. Both, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, is love fleeting? Can anything last? Yeah. These are, these are the, the metaphorical questions being asked. <laughs> um, I did want to point out one of the dancers who I really enjoyed watching. Her name was Catherine Semchuk. Um, she was just like a really lovely mover. Um, I her, she caught my eye a lot of the time when she was on the stage. Um, and she, I know she has worked with good women before as well. And, um, yeah, I did, wanted to point her out just as uh, someone who is kind of someone to watch maybe in future performances. Totally. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so as a as a maybe uh, an arc, one thing that's sort of interesting in these uh, the works of toy guns is I feel like sometimes there um, isn't so much an arc to their works. It's sort of this parade of, of vignettes and sort of moments set to set to fairly um, contemporary music mm-hmm. uh, or, or well-known music in, in these moments, which is a, like uh, a deviation from a lot of the contemporary dance, which like at least in the last few years has, has favored like electronic um, um, instrumental sort of uh, approaches to the music. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and even that is sort of like charging these moments up with like a very um, pop culture-y sort of emotional emotional mm-hmm. connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sort of end, uh, end over end, just like more and more of these uh, these moments sort of being strung together. Yeah, it's sort of, it's it's a really hyper-stimulating, like it's a hyper-stimulating experience, I would say, mm-hmm. watching one of these shows. Um, I feel that there's some you know, critically, I would say, you know, it it doesn't take a lot to sort of just sit and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, you know, people are moving, they're good looking, they're all, you know, they're all kind of either um, easy to understand or easy to digest. Um, I think that, you know, when you, the difference between watching something that's really heady and you kind of like have to be in a certain headspace or, or you know, like um, you, you maybe, maybe wouldn't come away with... Um, much, uh, you know, super duper meaningful (laughs) things from, from, you know, a performance that's largely just fun, like this parade, like you say. I think that's a very good way to describe it. Right, like there's sort of recurring, either recurring bits um, where one by one the dancers will come and read the last sentence of a book. Some of them are famous, some of them seem like personal connections, and that's Mm -hmm. sort of like 
introduces every every sequence in a way and there was also as you say sort of it's it was easy to sort of sit there and just enjoy uh they they bring you in sort of there's this moment at the end where you realize there have been things taped under your seats the whole time and you're called to throw that at different dancers sort of in in periodic moments based on uh based on sort of like a list of grievances other people read out about them uh, which is interesting and and fun, uh, a very fun way of of connecting with an audience is giving you that active role after after just watching a lot. Yeah, it is it is fun, and and you do get you do feel engaged. You know, you feel like you're allowed to be there. You're invited in. Um, it's yeah, it's a, it's a it's a welcoming space. Um, so and and I do think that that really does lend to why uh, Toy Guns has maintained that sort of mainstream popularity, even with audiences who don't normally go to dance in Edmonton. Um, their fringe shows frequently sell out. You know, they're 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 doing well in that way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, so um, on to Remix now. I didn't get to go see Remix. Um, Joke's on you. Yeah, I guess so. Hey, so why, why don't you tell me about, um, or tell us all really, about about what you saw? Yeah, so so Remix is Mile Zero Dance's uh, part in uh, sort of a, a broader uh, project sort of across Canada, where in, in this particular case, two local choreographers from Edmonton uh, had their their short pieces uh, quote remixed by different choreographers. Um, in this case, one from Montreal and one from St. John's. And uh, as a sidebar, not in this show, but our own local Amber Bratzik, a dancer and mover and and performer, uh, went and and did the same thing in other places with other works. So um, so it seems like a great like choreography share and a really interesting exercise in taking other people's work and seeing what stands out about it to someone else and how they interpret it. So in this, and it was structured that way too. The first half of the show showed both works, which uh, were uh, Melanie Klotzel's Room and Rebecca Sadowski's Rain Dogs. And we just saw in the first half of the show their original forms. And then there was a short break, and then we saw the remixed versions, which were drastically different for both of them. Um, to start with, the first one, um, uh, Melanie Klotzel's The Room was... Uh, uh, Fun and uh, interesting, and had almost a, like a cartoony energy to it. It features sort of one performer, and there's a like the wireframe of a tent set up on stage. Mm-hmm. None of the actual um, fabric of it, but just the wireframe of it. And uh, and the performer comes in, and it almost seems like a, a lot of quick character turns. These little moments of um, either just walking into literally walking into that space, that that wireframe, and saying, "Oh, when I walk into the room." blank when I walk into the room blank Mm -hmm. and all these sort of ideas on like walking into a room and how either good that feels or bad that feels or a line from a national song about about how that feels (laughs) Um, and it seemed like there were there were some ideas of of change and adaptation and structure sort of in the tension between those and sort of when you're in a room how that makes you feel and how that adjusts your feelings and and uh, and the performance was very good there was a big uh, sort of cartoony energy there were again it sort of felt like these little moments of, of character bit as much as as much as dance, but all very different. And they really uh, it was sort of bookended by video, which had that same wireframe tent set up in public places, mm-hmm. uh, I think, in Edmonton and parks and things like that. And then it ends with literally a collapse of that structure that that all falls apart. And what felt dangerously close to the audience um, <laughs> as some of those like long, long poles um, uh, recoiled, I guess, when they were released from from their their thing. Oh, man. Have you ever been smacked by one of those tent poles? Those, they hurt. Do they? <laughs> yeah. I, I will choose to avoid that in the future <laughs> now that I now that I know that. Um, but so and then in the second half, 
totally different energy, totally different vibe. Um, it, we're all asked to leave for intermission. We're not allowed to stay in the space. And we come back, and the same performer is bound, is totally tied up in sort of blue, um, like not rope, but fabric, sort of like um, uh, whole, whole body, eyes sort of covered by it. And then, uh, oh, I should also say in the first part, there's um, some soundtrack. There's some very, like, there's an 80s pop song about adaptation and what that looks like and what it means to, to change in a space. Uh, this one has no sound. The second version, zero sound, which was the, the remix by uh, Thea Patterson, who's from Montreal. And, uh, yeah, it's slowly watching uh, this performer struggle against these these confines and these these boundaries and and eventually get out of them and then what freedom looks like and and feels like once you're once you're free of those but so much of that second version at least you know five minutes is just watching this person struggle against these um these these this rap this thing they've been trapped by Mm. which was really uh really interesting and a totally totally different take on the same subject matter of like adaptation and and structure and what that looks like and whether it's restricting or freeing and what those things look like. Mm -hmm. So what were some of the markers that you saw um, as as really similar between the two pieces? Honestly, um, less so movement, like the visual language of it was totally different. Um, the, The tent poles that had been there before were now sort of pressed against the wall. They weren't on stage set up, but they were sort of there as a reminder almost of what they'd been. Mm. Um, it was mostly just that theme of like, of the idea of having to change for your circumstance. And in this case, it was very binding circumstances, quite, quite literally, this, mm-hmm. this person was bound. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Silence was an interesting element to that especially after sort of um, something that had been very auditory and, and had a lot of dialogue, uh, to watch someone and just hear the sounds of their, their struggle um, sort of brought you in in a, in a very focused way. Uh, I would say maybe it was interesting that once uh, the performer got free, um, there, there wasn't a change in that. There was sort of a, a bit of a change in mood, but there was sort of some exploration of freedom and moving around that space. Um, but there, there wasn't something on that auditory level, and maybe that felt like something could have come in mm. um, to sort of highlight the difference between that constraint and then that that freedom. Uh, but that is that is me projecting onto <laughs> uh, onto something else. Well, what about the second piece that you saw, the one um, with uh, Amber Barotic? Uh No, Amber wasn't. Uh, oh, in Amber, the oh, not in there. Amber went and did choreography, uh, remixed choreography in other oh, places. Oh, right, right, right. This was uh, this was Rebecca Sadowski's Rain Dogs. Um, so uh, perhaps for the Tom Waits fans in the <laughs> in the house, the internet house, um, Rain Dogs is a Tom Waits album. They're really. Um, really captures the spirit of Tom Waits, the strange, like, <laughs> like dive bar in the middle of nowhere slash the end of the world, strange figures sort of world. And this one, uh, this one started with, like, it felt, it had uh, sort of, in a way, similar to Fortuitous Endings, sort of had a very vignette feel. There were these little moments of set to the music of Rain Dogs, the Tom Waits album, um, of sort of, like, these characters, these two, there were two dancers, uh... And and they would sort of come together and and sort of sometimes jig. They would capture the spirit of the of the the music. There were a lot of umbrellas as props. There was a, a box labeled Purgatory um, <laughs> that that was props kept being drawn from. Um, 
And I, I felt like the with this one, uh, some of the approach and the the feeling of it was capturing those sort of feelings and sentiments of Tom Waits' songs. So there was sort of the the the, the strangeness and the the attack of that strangeness, and uh, there was also sort of a mimed out um, radio inter- or a, an interview Tom Waits had done on some late night show, uh, <laughs> where one of the dancers played Tom Waits and one of them played the the interviewer um, with a with a Cheeto for a cigarette. Um, <laughs> Which at one point before before the dance began and before we saw the Cheetos, I was like, "Oh man, what is that smell? Why am I? Is something happening to me? Is there? I smell nothing but cheese." <laughs> and then I felt very relieved when I saw it. When you did see cheese, <laughs> <laughs> when I did see something cheese based, but yeah, sort of these. Um, it felt like it was playing with the characters and the ideas and the feelings of of these Tom Waits songs and some of the some of the surreal surreal elements. There was. Um, Two elements of one, like someone's tongue being stretched out very, very far, was how it began. Sort of the like the paper, um, the paper ribbon out of mm-hmm. someone's mouth, and then later on that that same idea of of a paper ribbon sort of connecting two people. So I think one thing that did really well is find like the romanticism of of Tom Waits as well, not just the sort of uh, strange three bottles sort of, of Jack Deep, like yeah, dark and gritty. Yeah, yeah, it it had that, but it also had these these um, these well executed moments of of other the other sentiments that are also sometimes forgotten in his work and buried in his work. Mm-hmm. And so, and what was the remixed half? Like? Yeah, so the remix again was totally different. Uh, it was by Sarah Stoker from St. John's, and it felt like a clown show or like a sequence of clown turns. Mm-hmm. And so if in the first remix, um, what got uh, attached to and, and taken out of the first piece was the themes and sort of that idea of adaptation and constraint, in this one, it felt like it was some of the items, some of those props that had, that had come out that became um, the centerpiece in that. So again, very, very silent piece. Um, there, was, there was music, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, but there were um, all of these items, like the, the umbrellas. It started out with a game of like, trying to make the umbrellas stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are very broken umbrellas, I should also say. So a game sort of rooted in, rooted in failure. And then uh, with the Cheetos, uh, both performers, each with one finger, sort of keeping a Cheeto balanced and then sort of flying it together over to an audience and trying to feed it to an audience member. So the Cheeto came back. The Cheeto came back. Nice. Um, so just these moments of what really seemed to get... Uh, oh, and then this, this very fun game uh, at the end of both performers sort of in turn gathering up all the umbrellas and just whipping them at each other. <laughs> um, yeah, well, a different song about uh, about rain, not a Tom Waits song, uh, although the name of it escapes me. It is a, like a famous song. It's not like, let it rain, oh, let it rain. Not that one, <laughs> um, but a different one. Something like that. <laughs> uh, but so, so it was interesting to see in that, too. It was um, a totally um, different piece where it was like these items were, were from the original piece were pulled out and put into a different context and explored. And and yeah, to me it found like a felt like a clown turn. Like the performers were aware of the audience. There was a part where they were scarfing Cheetos and they kept like looking up as if to see if we were if we were watching <laughs> and what we were seeing. Um but yeah, it felt it had a very different um tone and energy and just focus. Like it was focused on these items that had been in the first one. Mm-hmm. Which was which was cool to see what these different choreographers pulled out of um out of the the works. Yeah. 
Well, I guess it, it strikes me as a little bit strange that, you know, any anything with the theme of rain and the, the smell in the room, I guess, would be of, like, Cheetos. Rather just, than rain? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I wonder I wonder what, the, what they were trying to do with that, but that's think, interesting. It seems it seems like just that switching the cigarette for, for a Cheeto sort of ended up having this byproduct of a, of a very uh, zesty scent in, <laughs> in the room. <laughs> having some more zest go along with it. Well, mm-hmm. that's great. Good work, Paul. Thank you. I saw some stuff. You did. Good job. Okay. Okay, um, yeah, well, also because I'm in the middle of a festival. <laughs> I couldn't yes. see anything for a while. So, yeah. Um, okay, we have a huge part of the dance season coming up. For some reason, October, November are just crazy busy in Bump the dance, in. dance and theater world. Um, so coming up next, uh, October 18th through 28th, there's a show called Reckoning happening at the Arts Barns with Tara Began and Andy Moreau. Um, and this is, I think, it's three different stories around the tr- around truth and reconciliation, or reconciliation. Mm. A triptych in sound, movement, and video, um, we, are, we are told. And yeah, a presentation of three different experiences with the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and what that, uh, what that looks like. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, October 18th through 28th at the Arts Barns. Um, next up, we also have uh, City Ballet's Illuminate is happening October 27th through 29th. Cool. Um, October 25th. We're going to go see Shea Kubler's Telemetry at Festival Place. Mm-hmm. Um, that one is also going to be at Fluid Festival in Calgary. I don't remember the exact dates, but I know it'll be there. Great. Um, let's see what else. Josh uh, Joshua Beamish, November 3rd and 4th, um, is doing a piece called Lone Wolf with uh, Brian Webb Dance Company. And then uh, Alberta Ballet, same dates, November 3rd and 4th. Dangerous Liaisons will be happening. And what is Dangerous Liaisons, Fonda? Dangerous Liaisons is a piece that Alberta Ballet did. I, I, I mean, it was created a number of years ago, I think, um, and they're they're remounting it. I've never seen it this time, but uh, cool. we're gonna we're gonna go uh, check it out. Um, also. Uh, shameless self plugs here there is a piece at Litfest happening um with author Britt ray uh she's written a book called rise of the necrofauna and gen mesh dance conspiracy is going to be there uh that's actually happening tomorrow october 17th at uh the royal alberta museum theater in in the old glenora location don't google it because it'll take you downtown um it's the old one yeah great All right, and um, also Subarctic Improv is happening on October 27th at Mile Zero Dance. And I, I'm, I'm going to be doing some improv, Paul. Go on. What, uh, what are, how are you involved with the show? So I, some, Subarctic Improv, they ask a musician, dancer, writer, and one, a visual artist, um, to all come together and do a night of improv. And it's all magical, and it, it happens as, as improv. So I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but they've asked me to go and be the writer role for that one. Right. I was just going to ask which of those roles you would be fulfilling. <laughs> which one um, do you think it was going to be? Uh, you know, it could be a lot of them you're you're a talented person oh well thanks um yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna be doing um some of the some of the wordage for that uh we'll we'll see how it all turns out i'll give you a full report great cool all right and uh yeah i think i think that's all you you all have a lot to go see now yeah very busy schedules put aside whatever your october plans were and go see some performance in edmonton thanks for listening bye I Don't Get It is produced by Paul Blinov, Fonda Mithrash, and Andrew Paul. It was recorded at the Edmonton Community Foundation in beautiful Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Our website is idontgetityeg.com. 
Our Twitter is at I Don't Get It Yeg, and you can subscribe to us on iTunes and support us through Patreon. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli. Check out more of Ghibli's music at ghibli.bandcamp.com. Sit here thinking.